With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Swing and a drive. Right field and deep. Back goes Aquino. It's got a chance. Gone. Get out the tape measure. Long gone. Fly the W. Cubs fans, it's time to fly the W with Dustin Rhodes and Paul Crawley Jean. Welcome into season one, episode one of the Fly the W podcast. My name is Dustin Rhodes. I produce the morning show at 670 The Score, home of the Cubs on the radio. And my name is Paul Crawley Jean, season ticket holder. You'll find me on Twitter at Crawley's Cubs. And you can follow us on social media at Fly the W. So, Crawley, we are going to start out, get going right away. We are in the midst of the 2022 Cubs season right now. They are 18 and 24 as we are taking care of this pod. They're in third place. They're seven and 15 at home. They're 11 and nine on the road right now. They are on the road in Cincinnati, taking on the Reds. They won the first two games of the series. We're going to get to that in a minute, but if we're at the quarter pole mark, if you will, how do you think the 2022 team as far as how it was constructed and where they stand right now, what are your thoughts? Well, no one really wants to say what it was. No one wants to say the rebuild, uh, which is like supposedly not a good thing, you know, which I understand why people are upset being a major market team, but you know, they signed say smiley and Miley in the off season. They made a couple little tweaks, but this is clearly not a team that's built to uh, go deep into uh, October baseball, obviously. So you sit there and you, you know, you say to yourself, you look for little things. That's what I'm looking at. You know, there there's, you look at your Keegan Thompson's, your Justin Steele's, and uh, when I looked at the schedule when it first came out, you know, you, you all of a sudden you saw this stretch around the end of April, early May, where you had Atlanta, Milwaukee, the White Sox, the Dodgers, San Diego. I mean, like some of the cream of the crop teams all in a row. And it just, you knew it was going to be tough. And then combine that with a lot of injuries, you know, you know, we're in third place because we're in a bad division. But, uh, you know, guys are coming back and you hope to see some really good performances out of some of the younger guys as the season goes on. Yeah, I agree with you. The the dreaded R word, the rebuild word, even the organization doesn't want to refer to this as a rebuild. But anybody that's paying attention, doesn't have their head in the sand, knows that's exactly what this is. And the most frustrating part, and you mentioned it, is that this division is not that good. The Cardinals are the Cardinals, but the Brewers don't scare me. And the Cardinals don't scare me. I mean, if they would have been able to just keep one of the core players, just one of the core guys, and then maybe added a third-ish type pitcher in the rotation, 
I think these Cubs could at least compete for the division. That, that's what I'm upset about. They, they, this is a, not a team even built to compete for the division, let alone compete for postseason baseball. Now, it's great. I think Seiya Suzuki is a is a good, nice piece, but he's not the guy to lead you to October baseball. He's a, a good player on a good team, but he's not going to be hitting third or fourth or second on a team that's going to be the, as Jed said, the next great Cubs team. Would you agree with that? That that that's not the guy you can pin all your Cubs hopes and dreams on. No, no, no. He's just a very solid player, like you said. And uh, you know, I, I take a look at those trades, and and it, as frustrating as it was for Cub fans, you know, I, I'm I've been impressed with the return. And since Jed kind of has taken the reins, I have been impressed. If you look at the guys that we've gotten for Rizzo, the guys that we've gotten for Bryant, uh, you're going to see one of them coming soon in Caleb Killiam. Some of these guys that we got, we're going to go back and I hopefully, I truly believe that these guys are going to be a key component. And I look at what they're doing, those core guys on other teams, and it's not like, I don't know if they would have made the difference at the same time. What I was frustrated with was I was expecting more short term high dollar deals. That was my expectation. Um, if you saw what the giants paid for Carlos Rodon, you know what I mean? Something like that. Right. The pitcher, Carlos couldn't even stay in the, our town. Right. I mean, even the South siders didn't want Carlos Rodon. And they well, could and still saw, right now. Right. And you know, you know that the White Sox sometimes I thought I thought the White Sox made a huge mistake in not spending more money this off season when you're going for it, when you're, when you're that, pot committed what's the matter throw it all in but they didn't and I think that may harm them in the long run but Rodon is a guy that's a really good pitcher he doesn't stay healthy but if you had assigned a two three year at a high AAV which is what he did that would have been great you know so I was expecting more of those those type of signings I didn't see him this offseason right I'm okay with them not getting Rodon I I didn't want Rodon on the north side um if he proves me wrong, he proves me wrong, but he is always hurt. I feel like he's almost kind of a bum slayer. His big moment to be on a national stage against the Cardinals was at a week or two ago on Sunday night baseball. He had a rough, rough outing. Um, so I, I'm glad the Cubs didn't get involved in him, but yeah, I agree. We're going to have to keep an eye on the farm. We're going to have to keep an eye on the guys that were, acquired the the scratch off tickets if you will as some people like to to call them that they got for the trades of Rizzo and, and Bryant specifically are those guys going to be core members like those guys were on the next great Cubs team and I'm excited for the pitcher you brought up Crowley that could be as soon as Monday that we may see his debut and boy the eyes and the ears and the pressure is going to be on that young man yeah, and and from he just pitched today. He did a great job, and and he you know what a great time though to perform. You know what I mean? You're not in the middle of a pennant run or anything like that, so there is a little less pressure. But this is this is a kid by all accounts that's doing great things. His pitch looked great, and so it's going to be fun to see him come up. We got a couple double double headers coming up, so he's going to get a chance to show what he has, and he may go right back down, and that's not a big deal. Work on some things. But, you know, that's we are on this podcast going to have a lot of great guests. Um, and some of those are going to be the voices of the farm team. And they're going to be able to tell a lot of our listeners who to be looking out for. Uh, you, you saw a couple guys just come up like Chris Morrell 
and uh, Brandon Hughes. And these are guys that sometimes are flying under the radar. I think when you talk about these young players on the next Cubs team, they're this, they may not have as high ceiling talent as that previous core did, but what they're, what they do have is a lot of depth. There's a lot of great players down there and we're going to learn a lot about them on this podcast as well. Well, I'm really excited to do those interviews with you and I'm really excited to get that information for myself and for all of the people listening Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. To this podcast, let's uh, move the needle a little bit. Crowley, tell us about now you're a guy who is down at Wrigley Field all the time. I, I when I grow up, I want to have as much uh, time and ability to be down in Wrigleyville and at Wrigley Field as you are. And you had the opportunity to get down there this past Friday when Ferguson Jenkins got his statue unveiled. Can you uh, tell us all about that trip and what it was like? Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. And I'm, I'm going to be honest, I wasn't that excited when they started moving statues. And I said to myself, ah, oh, what are they doing? And then it came out, they were building Statue Row. So they put all the statues, They Harry Carey still is outside the ble- right field bleachers, or I'm sorry, left field bleachers. But they moved Billy and Fergie and Ernie to the north side of Gallagher Way. And the first time I saw it, it really just kind of took my breath away how amazing it really looked. And so, you know, Fergie had a great entourage of people there. Uh, um, A lot of his friends, a lot of family, a lot of people from his hometown of Chatham, Ontario. And uh, Wrigley was just beautiful. They had white chairs all over um, Gallagher Way. And, you know, it was, you saw the Cubs of yesteryear, his teammates, you saw Billy Williams, uh, you saw Lee Smith, you saw Randy Huntley, you saw uh, Kerry Wood was there, Ryan Sandberg was there, CeCe Sabathia was there. I guess they have a great relationship with each other. So all these people coming to honor Fergie, and Fergie is such a quiet, humble man. And, um, you know, all of a sudden they they play the trumpets and he comes out in this 10-gallon hat. I mean, it's so Fergie. <laughs> it is, you know, the sheriff's in town and he's just, you know, but you could tell how touched he was and how overwhelmed he was with emotion. And so um, Tom Ricketts spoke, spoke about, you know, Ferguson, Fergie's uh, athletic ability uh, as far as what he did as a pitcher, which we're all familiar with. Um, not everybody's as aware that he was such a great basketball player and that he played for the Harlem Globetrotters. And there was a scout that said if, if Fergie wanted to, he could have gone pro in the NBA. Wow. I did not know that. That's very cool. Yeah, and so Fergie did, played with the Globetrotters, and then, uh, you know, uh, he talked about Fergie's mother, Dolores, and talking about all the complete games that Fergie had, 
and talking about how, uh, you know, his mother Dolores would say, finish what you started. And that was always Fergie's goal. Um, after Tom spoke, uh, Billy Williams, uh, you know, what can you say about it? You know what I mean? He's now the elder statesman of the, of the Cubs, uh, team, you know, Ernie's gone and Ronnie's gone and Billy's always been soft-spoken, but when he does speak, people listen. And, and he just gave a great speech. And at the end, he said, from the bottom of my heart's congratulate, you know, and, and there was just a moment where you just absolutely felt what he was saying and the embrace that those two had was just awesome. Um, his family unveiled the statue. The statue's done by Lou Sella, and he agreed he would be on the podcast. So we're going to have some great guests. But Lou Sella was talking about, um, you know, what went into that statue. And, and, and when he took, when they took, when the family took off the tarp, it was the image from, I believe it's 1971 Sports Illustrated cover. Fergie with the ball back in it, behind his head, ready to pitch. And it, it's just an amazing statue. The bronze and the way that they do the, those statues is just phenomenal. They add a little bit of color to it. And um, Fergie gave a, a, a wonderful speech about, uh, you know, how proud and humble he was, you know, about his teammates, about his journey through life, which if you watch the documentary on Marquis, was not an easy journey. He's, he's had his fair share of hard times, uh, a lot more than people would expect. But uh, to see that statue and to see him get his just dues, uh, as Billy Williams said, better late than never, um, it was truly an honor. And Pat Hughes was the master of ceremonies. And Pat, you know, for him, that's that's he does such a good job with that. He's he's so good at, at, at these type of ceremonies. So he did a wonderful job. Yeah, he really is special. And some people like to mock him and imitate him. He is so good at what he does. And I'm not just saying that because I work at the score where we are the flagship radio home of Cubs baseball. He's a hall of fame announcer and he's a hall of fame person. He just really is a fantastic, real genuine person. Now, one thing he said, Crawley, that I wanted to get your opinion on is he called Ferguson Jenkins the greatest Cub pitcher of all time. Where do you come down on that statement? You know, I, I know a lot of people are, are going to scour through the books, you know, and go back, you know, a hundred years. The Cubs have, you know, they're what, 146-year-old team, roughly speaking. Um, but for anybody alive, Ferguson Jenkins was clearly the best pitcher ever. Um, you know, when you're talking about the 50s, eh, Bob Rush, you got in there. 60s and 70s, clearly Fergie. I mean, you. I mean, Rick Russell had him his moments. Rick Sutcliffe, another one. Uh, Greg Maddox was the best I ever saw, but I never saw Fergie pitch. Um, but you know, the, the majority of his great years were unfortunately played with Atlanta. So yeah, there. You know, if you want to go back to Mordecai Three Finger Brown and and, and guys, guys with with great nicknames and first names like Orville. Well, then, yeah, you know, I'm sure there are some that have better numbers, but it's a different game. But I would say in the modern era, there's no one better than Fergie. Yeah, those guys you mentioned, yeah, Hall of Fame for nicknames and uh, stuff <laughs> like that. But the game, as you said, the game has evolved. The game is different. The rules have changed. Who's playing in the games has changed. The measurements have changed. All kinds of things have changed. And I would agree with you. I, I've gotten to see video of Fergie, uh, thanks to YouTube and thanks to Marquee. Um, but I never, I don't remember. I'm sure I was plopped down in front of the old WGN and, and watched games that Fergie pitched, but I don't remember them um, in the, in the eighties. 
Um, for me, yes, the, the best pitcher I ever saw pitch for the Cubs would also be Greg Maddox. And as you pointed out, unfortunately, his best years and his championships were won uh, with Atlanta and not with the Cubs, uh, the one that got away, if you will. So let's now move into the current series. They're taking on the Reds, arguably one of, if not the worst teams in baseball. Their owner has basically said that they are not built to compete and they are saving money. And so far, the Cubs have done some good things. The bats have come alive. Crowley, I'm always a guy that I only care about the game that's being played today and the game that was played yesterday. I don't want to hear, well, it was the Reds. Well, it was the Pirates. Well, it was the Kansas City Royals. Well, it was the name your team that's not so great right now. Whoever they're playing that day is who you got to play, is who you got to beat. And so far, the Cubs are taking care of business, and I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Frank Schwindel the last couple of days. And I don't care if that was against the Reds. You know, it, it's like you said, you have to just play who the team's in front of you. And how mad would you be if they lost the last two games? Oh. Right. And so you take a look at what the bats have done and you take a look at the old Swisdom, you know, uh, going back to the series against the Diamondbacks, which wasn't great, but Wisdom has a home run in four straight games. Uh, ever since going to Thor's bat there, that, that Thor's hammer that he's been using, that new bat. So you have two guys in Wisdom and Schwindel who are called after what we in the Cubs community term Blue Friday, that massacre when everybody was traded in a period of about 48 <laughs> hours. Blue Friday. I love it. And I've not heard these, that term before. Blue Friday. <laughs> Blue Friday. And these guys come up in the middle of summer. And anybody that's been to Wrigley knows that Go, you know, going to Wrigley in July is a very different experience than being at Wrigley in April and May. So these guys have no experience in what it's like, you know, in 30 degree weather with the hawk wind blowing off Lake Michigan. And so I don't know how much of it was, you know, adjusting to the weather. I don't know how much of it. I know Schwindel had a bad back in spring training that was bothering him. I don't know what happened. All I know is, is that these guys are starting to heat up and they're starting to produce. So seeing wisdom, he went, he had a home run in four straight games. He's the first Cub to do that since Anthony Rizzo a few years back. Um, and then, you know, we talked a little, uh, Ian Happ, whose numbers are ridiculous in Cincinnati. I mean, in the first game, he had a great game where he was hitting the hell out of the ball, slugging RBI double, and he hit a huge home run in the seventh. And, and get this. Ian Happ in Cincinnati, right? The highest career slugging percentage versus the Reds. Number one, Barry Bonds at 0.713 slugging, career slugging percentage. Number two, Ian Happ. So if you are behind Barry Bonds in a hitting category, that's got to be pretty darn good in my opinion. That's pretty darn good. I mean, again, a lot of people have opinions about Barry Bonds. I'm sure you do. I know I do. But the numbers are the numbers. And he, he could have been – and one of the all-time best without the steroids or the cream or the clear or the whatever or the whatever. So, yeah, he's in great company. It's unbelievable. Hopefully, uh, Crowley, you do the uh, beat the streak thing, right? You're yes, involved sir. In that? Hopefully yes, sir. You had, hopefully you had Ian Happ uh, as one of your participants that night. Got you on your I way did. a little bit. I did, and I think I have him for tonight as well. I mean, the guy is just he's, – he's on a tear right now. The only thing you worry about when you play beat the streak, and I'm sure – 
you know, when you talk about Matt Spiegel, he's got a, he's a friend of ours who does a podcast on Odyssey, but uh, you get nervous that they're not going to pitch to him, you know, when you got him, when you got him set for that. So he's so hot. You don't want to let him beat you right now, but you brought up uh, Frank Schwindel and in their win last night, which was an absolute, oh man, did they pour it on last night? It was so fun. But when they won that game yesterday uh, and you saw Schwindel had his first multi-homer game, I think a lot about Schwindel. And um, for those of you who are new to the podcast and don't know me, uh, I do a lot of work with Club 400. Um, it's a charity out in Crystal Lake. And we uh, our motto is Cub fans helping Cub fans. And we bring a lot of players out. Um, and we had Frank Schwindel out as the Cubs con party in January. And he is just him. And we had wisdom out in the fall are two of the nicest guys you ever meet. You know, these are guys that were career minor leaguers and they finally got a break and they're just making the most of it. But Frank started off really slow. As we talked about earlier, after that horrible sweep in that Dodger series, it was a doubleheader set on Saturday and they got swept Sunday. Uh, after, that was mother's day weekend. Schwindel was hitting slashing 209, 250, 308. And he gets told, you're going to Iowa. He gets, he gets optioned to Iowa, right? So the next morning, Monday morning, he's looking for a mechanic to fix his car because he's got to head to Iowa. The phone rings. David Robertson tests positive for COVID. He's back on the team. He hops on a plane to San Diego. A friend of mine, Jack Pastovich, he, he tweeted. He said, Frank Schwindel is on my flight. On flight to San Diego. So this guy, this guy, this guy sitting in economy doing whatever he can to get back to the team. Since that moment, he's slashing 294, 333, 588, and they're having fun. And 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 I can't, you know, like I said, these, you know, with, with Schwindel, just such a great guy, just loves everything that's happening. A man of the people, I guess. You know, and he, he had that opportunity that other players do not. Like he could walk into a Murphy's and people not recognize him still and stuff like that. So he still has a little bit of anonymity and he's not a superstar whose autograph is going to fetch, you know, get the autograph hounds running around. So he can just kind of enjoy what's happening. So you couldn't ask for it to happen to a better guy. Absolutely love it. Right. He, he is a great guy. A couple of real quick things on that. So one of the rumors floating around, and maybe your buddy can confirm it for us, that he was also, not only was he flying an economy, and not that that's a bad thing, but it was in a middle seat. Did yep. you hear that? Yes. Middle row, middle row, middle, middle seat. Middle row, middle seat. Okay. And then we talked about earlier in the show about guys on this roster that are going to be part of the next great Cubs team. Do you think a Patrick wisdom and or a Frank Schwindel are in the mix to be part of the next great Cubs team? It's a good question. I mean, anything's possible. Um, you know, at their age, it's, it's, you know, they're, they're older to be, you know, 29, 30, you know, to be rookies, uh, you know, that's, it's kind of rough to say, but you know, all they can keep doing is hitting, you know, and so it's their job right now. And that's the thing with these guys in these minors, you don't know, you know, you, are you, is someone going to challenge them for the job and take it? So it's, it's Schwindel's and wisdom's jobs right now for, you know, for the taking. And so I, it's hard to say, but you know, they're doing good right now. And I think they're really good bridge guys personally. Right. And while they're doing it, let, let's celebrate them. They're a reason to go out to Wrigley 
and, and, and sit out in the stands and, and drink a beer and get some sun on your face and look at the green grass and enjoy camaraderie. They're good people. And I think it's a great, it's great. You never know who you're going to run into at a bar at Wrigley and you never know what you're going to see at Wrigley when you go out to a game. If you're just uh, jumped onto this podcast, this is Dustin Rhodes with the score 670 Mullion Haw show. And I am happy to be co-hosting the show with Crawley, Paul Crawley Gene from uh, at Crawley's Cubs on Twitter. And you can follow us at uh, fly the W670. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. So up next, over at 35th and Shields, we've got the Cubs and the White Sox. Um, this is a game as a Cub fan and a series that always gets me riled up, whether the Cubs are in first place, in last place, competing for a division, not competing for a division. And I've always said that I feel that the Cubs do not take this series as seriously as the White Sox do. I always feel like the White Sox give a better effort than the Cubs in this series. And another really odd thing, this is a two-game series, and both teams have Friday off. I can't remember, and you're, Crowley, you're down there all the time. You follow this team about as close as anybody I know. Can you remember the last time the Cubs had a Friday off? It just seems so weird to not be playing on a Friday. Yeah, it, it is bizarre. I'm try, I, I was trying to rack my brain remembering the last time they had a Friday off, especially with a big series with the White Sox. Usually you try to get those three-game series in on those and make as much money as you can, but uh, – you know, when you talk about the White Sox and the chip on, they have a chip on their shoulder. You know what I mean? They're always been the little brother in this. Uh, now the team does Crawley or the fans do, because I know the fans have a chip on their shoulder, but do you think the players, do you think the players feel it? I think the players feel it. I think uh, it, there still is that. I think whenever you're a member of the White Sox, you're basically feeling that the, the Chicago sports media cares more about the Cubs than the Sox, even if the Sox are doing better. Okay, which they which they kind of are. They are this year. You know, they're, they've been struggling at 500 ish around there and the Cubs are below 500. But I think I feel that there, there's always kind of this people are always talking about the Cubs. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of documented cases where people completely forgot about the 2005 World Series, whether it's been like on Sports Center or different places like that, where all of a sudden, you know, they don't mention it. And it's and so I think it's kind of ingrained in their players as well. It's kind of been passed down from. Uh, veterans to rookies that, you know, everybody talks about the Cubs. Nobody cares about us. So I think they really like to stick it to the Cubs. Yeah, totally, totally agree. 
Um, now we've got some probables as far as the White Sox. It went back and forth yesterday. So the first thing that I had seen for the probables was uh, Johnny Cueto, right? Johnny Cueto was going to go on Saturday and then Michael Kopech was going to go on Sunday. But now that has changed, at least before the start of yesterday's game, and they moved Dylan Cease up to be the starter on Sunday against the Cubs. And of course, we know that Dylan Cease was one-time property of the Cubs and probably the modern era worst trade in Cubs history happened between the North side and the South side and Dylan Cease and Eloy going to the South side for one Jose Quintana, who was only good at one thing. And that was beating the Brewers. (laughs) So how many times Crawley, if this sticks, because Cease did have a terrible outing last night on Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night against the Red Sox. Do you think that Cease throws against the Cubs? And how many times in the broadcast do you think they're going to reference that trade? Oh, there it'll easily be referenced three or four times. And then you know that the White Sox social media, they always would do the thanks Eloy type thing every time. Because Eloy, he's not playing. Hey, Cubs! <laughs> exactly. Hey, every time Eloy plays the Cubs, he absolutely just goes off. Uh, and, and Dylan Cease, you know, he's, he's doing great. He's having a great season and he's been steady and, uh, you know, it was, it was a trade that looking back, you, you kind of say, God, I wish I didn't make, but at the time I, a lot of Cub fans were excited about that trade. Uh, it is what it is, but you know, like I said, whenever you're going against your old team, you want to kind of stick it to them just as well. So you know, Dylan Cease has had a great season. Like you said, that he struggled uh, yesterday versus Wednesday night versus the, what is it, Tuesday night versus the Red Tuesday, Sox. Yep. And, uh, you know, gave up that home run to Trevor Story and who's who's on fire right now. But, uh, you know, it's, it's the Cubs already lost the first two games. So they, I know you're upset about this, Dustin. They will not win the Crosstown Cup slash Tower. Um, because the most the Cubs can do is tie the series. So then it goes back to the team that won it last year, which was, again, the Chicago White Sox. Right. At this point, to be honest, I'm just in the don't get swept. It was kind of like <laughs> Bulls. It was kind of like Bulls Bucks in the, right. in the NBA playoffs. My whole mantra on the Mullion Haw show was don't get swept. Just don't get swept. And that's what in this for me as a Cub fan, this is my little two game playoff series. Just don't get swept. Just just don't get swept. Win one of the two games. Do it if you don't want to do it for yourselves. Do it for Crawley and I. Do it for the subscribers of the Fly the W podcast. Do it to the people that show up at Clark and Addison. Do it for us, please. Win one game in this series. That's all I ask for. I'm not, 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 Dustin, I'm not trying to be a pig. I don't, I don't need a sweep. I don't need to win two. Just please win one. Dustin, I think I know the answer to this, but I want to get confirmation. There has been kind of like people arguing lately that you can be a Cub fan, but also root for the White Sox and the city of Chicago. I got a feeling I know what you're going to say, but what are your, what's your take on that? Um, absolutely not. Okay. You you throw, you throw the home run ball back. There's no wave. There's absolutely positively no ketchup on a hot dog after you're 10 years old. And you cannot be a fan 
of the Cubs and the White Sox. I openly rooted against them when they played the Astros in the World Series. Openly cheered against them. Now, didn't do me any good, but I openly (laughs) cheered against them. And I would expect nothing more than good White Sox fans to have openly cheered against the Cubs in 2016 and in hope that the curse, if you will, continued. This is a true story. This is how much it it bothered me that the White Sox from the World Series in 2005, I didn't watch it because I didn't want to give them TV ratings. Now, I don't want to say that's epic. Like I couldn't even (laughs) now I I was working in sports talk radio then and have been for 20 years plus. So I kind of contractually obligated, if you will, to to watch that. But that that's awesome that you wouldn't even watch. And I know you love baseball. It was the lowest rated World Series, and I hope to have been, I'm glad I was a small part of that, but the only tough thing for me at that time in 2005 was that my neighbor a couple doors down was a huge White Sox fan, like like I'm a Cubs fan, and he would light off fireworks every time they'd win a game, and I think he did that on purpose because I told him I wasn't watching. So when I would hear that boom, 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 I, oh, Jesus, God damn it. So I, I was, I was definitely, uh, you know, it, it's, I was at the, uh, first game. I don't know if you remember this one, uh, this year of the Cubs Sox series when it was probably, and I've been to hundreds and hundreds of games in my lifetime. I have never been to a worse weather game than that one. That was, uh, Kopech versus Efros started because Smiley was on the bereavement le- uh, list and it was so cold. I think the real feel was about 31. And then there was like this rain, sleety snow stuff that was just circling around the ballpark. It was like a swirly wind. And it was just one of the most miserable games. I mean, the Cubs lose three to one. Uh, it, it, you know, I think Tim Anderson hit a home run or something. You know, it just, it was so brutal. I didn't even think anyone was going to hit one out. But Tim hit one right to right field. And if, you, if you've been to Wrigley in the last few years since they put the scoreboards, you can, the wind doesn't have as much of effect in that area by the, each scoreboard. If you can keep the trajectory low, you can get it out now. Where before in the past, there's no way that that would have been a home run. But, you know, like you said, I just want them to win one stinking game. And that's why these next two games against the Reds are so important, right? You know, I know some people say momentum's, you know, the next day's pitcher, blah, blah, blah. I think there's something to say that if all of a sudden, you know, everybody's kind of excited and they feel like, you know, luck may be a little bit on their side and maybe they got a little bit of swagger going in. I'd love for them to take these next two games. You got Kyle Hendricks tonight versus Luis Castillo. Uh, Luis Castillo looked like he was really going to be something, but he's he hasn't done much and he's he's struggled this year so far. But so has Hendricks, you know. Absolutely. And we'll be back with you guys early next week with a full report on the Fly the W podcast. Crawley, tell everybody about the great event you've got going Friday night. Yeah, as I I was talking about on the pod earlier, that um, I'm in a group called Club 400. And if you've never been to Club 400, I call it the mecca for Cubs fans. You know, I know Wrigley, everyone's got to get to Wrigley. But if you were to have a number two on that list, It'd be Club 400. Uh, It is the world's greatest man cave. It was built by my friend Stuart McVicker um, at Club 400. uh, If you're following on Twitter and uh, if if you and if you go there, there is so much memorabilia. You're almost just overwhelmed by the amount of stuff. This he literally has one of the Lowry organs from Wrigley Field in his basement, and uh, he he had it's it's 
like some of the most amazing stuff and, and some of his memorabilia is actually in the bathroom. You're like, this would be a centerpiece in most people's house. It's in your bathroom next to the toilet. Like that's how much stuff he has. And so our motto is club, uh, cub fans helping cub fans. What Stewart's goal is, is to raise $1 million to help cub fans. And we're roughly around six, six fifty, $600,000, $650,000 right now. And what we do is we bring Cubs players out to the man cave and we have a giant party. And this Friday, May 27th from six till 10, we are having Marcus Stroman out for his first uh, public event as a Cubs player. And it's going to go to benefit three charities, his foundation height doesn't measure heart. The lost boys Inc, which is uh, run by my friend Levante Stewart, who uh, they use baseball to help inner city kids and to help club 400 as well. So it is going to be a massive party. There's going, you get a swag bag, if you, a swag bag, if you show up with a Marcus Stroman sweet spot signed baseball and a bunch of other cool knickknacks in there, you get a professional photograph with you and Marcus Stroman. There's going to be a Q and a, which I will be leading that discussion and it will be on our podcast as well. Um, and there's going to be music. There's going to be a magician. There's so much stuff. If you've never been to a club 400 party, I just, I can't tell you what you're missing. The only thing I can tell you is that everybody that goes don't want to ever miss another one again. And so there are still tickets available. There's a very, very small amount, about 20 tickets available. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, Hey, I'd, I'd like to see what that's all about, what Carly's talking about. Uh, you can go to www.club400cubs.com and get tickets. But uh, we've had everybody from Javi Baez to Kyle Schwarber to Andre Dawson, Ryan Sandberg, Tom Ricketts brought the trophy over for, the, you know, just all of these great people. And it's, it's a community. And we have done a lot to help a lot of people. And when I first started going, I was just like, oh, I just want to get my autograph with this cool guy, da, 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 with this player. Now I get so much more out of it with the friends that I've made there and the ability to help people. We bought uh, a young girl a wheelchair. We bought, uh, we helped the family who's uh, a police officer whose family he was slain on the, uh, in the line of duty. We had his family out and we helped donate to the children so that they're taken care of in the future. Uh, we help our friend Nick Sheraton, this was the first event, get new prosthetics. So, you know, there's not a lot of places you can go where you can get all you can eat, all you can drink, get an autograph from a Cubs player, a photo for as low a price as you can. And to think that you're giving it to charity, it's something that's really cool. Very, very cool. I can't wait till I get an opportunity to check out an event. And on our next podcast, early next week, you will give us a full report on how the night went. And I love, I love that Stroman's doing one of his first, if not his first real event as a cub with you guys. So that is very, very cool. Let me just tell you about the kind of guy that Marcus Stroman is. He told us, Hey, I'm all about the party. It's all good. He's like, I want a couple hours with the kids. So he's coming before the party even starts. Usually what happens is the party kind of gets started. The player comes upstairs, signs a couple of things that we auction and then goes down and the party starts. He's going to be there before anyone gets there. And he wants, he wants just time with these underprivileged kids to talk to them, to kind of just kind of get to know them. That's, that's the kind of guy Marcus Stroman is. That is very, very cool to find out and to learn. He seems like a really cool guy. He's a great follow on social media. So are we. This is a wrap on episode one, season one of the Fly the W podcast. We're going to be dropping 
on Thursdays and on Mondays. Most of the time, be sure to check us out. Be sure to follow us. Be sure to interact with us. We are going to be uh, tweeting, live tweeting during games, letting you know our thoughts as they happen. And, of course, two times a week we'll be right here on the podcast. Pauly, first one in the books. It was a pleasure. Looking forward to a bunch, bunch more. Thank you, Dustin, and, and thank you for all of you that subscribe and, and, and make sure to leave a positive review and tell us how much you love us because we love you guys back, and we're going to get through this Cubs season together. That's right. Amen to that.